You're listening to a chapel message from Trinity Christian College, recorded live at the Ozinga Chapel Auditorium in Palos Heights, Illinois. I want to express my thanks to Pastor Ben, not only for inviting me to speak today, but for assigning me a text and a title. That assigned title helped me to see this text in a way that I hadn't seen it before to find a new word of hope, living hope, and challenge in it. Jesus makes room for the cynical. Cynical. That word has an interesting and complicated history in my academic discipline of philosophy. It comes from the Greek word for dog. The first first people to be called cynics were some ancient Greek philosophers who believed that the path of wisdom the best way for humans to live and flourish was to live, as they said, according to nature, structuring their lives and their desires according to what nature provided, and training themselves to get along on the bare minimum of what was required to stay alive as a living creature in the natural world. That way of life got a little weird, which is where the name cynical or dog-like came in. I'll get to that in a moment. But I want to first of all honor this good and wholesome impulse, this desire to live according to nature. All semester long during chapel, we've been looking at this image that's projected on the side screens. It's a detailed zoomed-in portion of the stained glass window that's actually directly behind me a couple hundred feet back in the Vinayman Recital Hall. So these screens let you see through walls, as it were. That piece of artwork entitled Creation is the starting point and foundation for the the series of four stained glass windows that adorn the four compass points of this building. North, creation. West, creation subdued. South, creation restored. East, creation perfected. Throughout the whole story that these stained glass artworks tell, creation is the constant. God's ongoing, patient, steady faithfulness to all that God has made. You can see something of that gift even in the detailed version displayed for us here. The swirl of colors, the bubbles, the sense of possibility and promise and hope, living hope, that's on offer in God's constant, ongoing, sustaining, and calling forth of the structures of this world. So there was something deeply right, deeply honoring to the creation and even to the creator whom they did not know about the cynic philosopher's dedication to live according to nature. They trusted that nature was good and wholesome and worthwhile, and they thought that all the difficulty and pain and struggle that we experience in this world were the result of us getting out of touch with nature, cluttering our lives and cluttering the world with all sorts of unnecessary things that cut us off from nature. Now here's the weird part I promised you. They took that commitment to living according to nature to an extreme, as philosophers will do. They gave up all their possessions and lived in the streets, 
not washing or working or planning or really doing much of anything except trying to get in touch with nature, subsisting on the bare minimum of food that they could get by begging, learning to content themselves with the basics of life. I suppose you might call them the first hippies, but their contemporaries called them cynics, kunikoi, people who live like dogs. The most famous of them, Diogenes of Sinope, actually caught the attention and admiration of the great conquering emperor, Alexander the Great. On a bright, sunny day, Alexander went to see Diogenes, stood over him where he was lying in the street, casting the great shadow of imperial authority over him. And he offered to give Diogenes anything he wanted. What can I do for you, Diogenes? Diogenes' answer was simple and consistent with his committed way of life. All he said was, get out of my light. <laughs> yeah, you heard it. Over time, though, those words cynical and cynic came to have another meaning, not just living according to nature, but being suspicious of everyone's motives, interpreting everyone's actions as if they were nothing more than the expression of the basest, lowest possible intentions, as if the ancient cynic's commitment to live according to nature meant that only the lowest, most self-serving motivations were real. In our modern sense, a cynic is a person who refuses to recognize any ideals, any nobility of purpose, any aspirations beyond what people seem to want to get for themselves. Chances are, if someone calls you a cynic, they don't mean you're trying to live according to nature, but rather that you've given up hope in any higher purpose, that you're inclined to interpret people's actions and intentions as nothing more than the expression of their own self-interest. And that, my friends, brings us to the story that we've heard today from Luke's Gospel. Jesus is hanging out with tax collectors and sinners, as Jesus had a habit of doing. Because, as the narrator tells us, they were attracted to him. They were all gathering around to hear him. There was something about Jesus, about his message and his way of being, that attracted sketchy people. People who were not welcome in polite, well-behaved, religiously proper society. And of course, that drew the attention of those who were in charge of defining and enforcing the standards of that polite, well-behaved, religiously proper society, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. These were upright, earnest, high-minded, worshipful people, you know, the kind of people who never miss chapel. <laughs> when they saw Jesus giving his time, his attention, his teaching to those sketchy, morally outcast people, tax collectors and sinners, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were cynical. They were cynical in our modern sense of the word. They muttered to each other about how disgusting this Jesus was, welcoming sinners and even eating with them. In their cynical attitude, all they could see was how Jesus a teacher like themselves had compromised himself, 
sold himself out to sketchy people who were not really worthy of his time and devotion. And here's the part I never noticed before, not until Pastor Ben's assigned title made me pay attention to those cynical people in the story. The whole rest of the story that Bolu read for us, the parable that Jesus tells about the lost sheep and the shepherd who seeks it out, that whole story is for the benefit of those cynical Pharisees and teachers of the law. He's talking to them. Look, Jesus knew his own reasons for hanging out with sketchy sinners. And according to the narrator, at least in this instance, the proper religious people were not protesting loudly. They were muttering. So Jesus could have just gone on and written them off. Go be cynical. But Jesus, who has already made room at the table for those sketchy people, now also makes room for those who don't want anything to do with the sketchy people or with a teacher who compromises himself with them. He tells them a story. He invites them to see those people not as problems, but as precious, worth seeking out and bringing back and celebrating over. Did you notice all the repetitions of the word joy in Jesus' story? When the shepherd finds the lost sheep, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. He goes home and says to his friends, rejoice with me. And Jesus even says there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who's brought back than over 99 righteous people who were doing things the right way to begin with. Jesus makes room for the cynical by inviting them to give up their cynicism, to see and believe in and celebrate the deep and abiding worthwhileness of all God's children, rather than giving up on those who don't seem to be worthy. Jesus, with his story of the lost sheep and the earnestly seeking shepherd, invites the cynical to replace their cynicism with hope and joy. What about you? What about you? It's midterm week, and chances are that you, whether you're a student, a professor, a staff member, you're not just tired and strained. Can I get a witness? <laughs> but you're also tempted to be cynical. I know I am. Maybe the shiny idealism of early September has worn off by now. Maybe all you can see are people's self-serving motives or the cutthroat choices that you think you're going to have to make to get through this challenging time. That fellow student who's not pulling their weight in your assigned small group. That coworker who seems to live for making your life more difficult with their petty demands. That student or colleague who hasn't done anything yet, hasn't turned in any work, and doesn't seem bothered by it. That could be a student or it could be a colleague. Or maybe the person you're inclined to be cynical about is yourself. Here I go again. Why don't I ever get better? What's the use? It's really easy right about now to be cynical, to write off those disappointing and offensive people so that we can get on with our own important righteous work. If you're inclined to be cynical this week, this day, 
Jesus has a story for you. A story of a shepherd who goes looking for the wayward one who has wandered off, who goes to extravagant lengths and throws a party when the wanderer is found and brought back. Listen, listen, you cynics. Jesus is inviting you to set aside your cynicism and to join him in the way of hope and joy. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Thank you for listening to Trinity Christian College's Chapel Podcast. To learn more about campus ministries at Trinity, visit trnty.edu slash chapel.